Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Goop Podcast, made possible by our friends at Visit Florida. If there's anything I've learned from planning vacations with my two-year-old Sam and six-year-old Max in mind, it's that family trips generally fall into two buckets, those that are heavy on scheduled activities and those that are all about taking it easy by the hotel pool. But the most memorable vacations, the ones that leave a lasting impact on everyone involved, fold a little bit of both into the agenda. As a destination, Florida leaves plenty of room for all of that and more. You can visit a world-class children's museum, hit up a water park, dig your toes into 825 miles of pristine beach, and most important of all, just connect and be present with each other. After all, our kids won't be so little forever. To plan your Florida family getaway, head to visitflorida.com. Don't hold anything too tightly. Just wish for it, want it, let it come from the intention of real truth for you, and then let it go. For me, our soul is like it's unbound, it's limitless, but we will use words to limit ourselves. When people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming, we turn to ourselves, and that's where you become empowered. Courageous participation attracts positive things. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations, because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Today is no exception. I'll let Elise fill you in on her extraordinary guest, and I'll come back after their conversation to answer a question from one of you. If you have a question you'd like me to get into in our next round of Ask Me Anything, send it to us at Goop on Instagram or Facebook. All right, over to Elise. Apostolos Lekos is a doctor of osteopathy based here in Santa Monica. His practice focuses on functional and regenerative medicine, and he tends to take an unconventional route to resolving the root causes of health conditions. We sat down and talked about the root of many chronic diseases, how he practices medicines, and the supplements and minerals that he thinks almost anyone can benefit from. You know, if I said, you know, Elise, I want you to go out and give me a bucket of stress and bring it back to me. You can't do that. It doesn't exist. It's a perception. It's your reaction to life. It's a reaction to something that happened to you, an event, whatever. So I teach people how to work on their stress response, how to work on changing their mind, their reaction to stress, rewiring how you think. Okay, let's get to Dr. Lekos. 
Thanks for being here, Dr. Lekos. Good to be here. Always lovely to spend time with you. I probably met you. I know there are going to be people who are angry that I'm talking to you because I was at dinner at a dinner the other night with my friend Jamie and she was we were talking about our ferritin levels and I was like oh Dr. Lekos and she was like you better not put him on the podcast I will kill you (laughs) you are kind of like a secret Santa Monica weapon Mm -hmm. who no one wants to other people to know about so (laughs) I don't know if you know that's your reputation I didn't know that that's really cool yeah but you are you're like a, a quiet super doctor operating <laughs> on the west side. Awesome. So how how did you end up practicing the way you practice? And I know you have like a split, a, a yeah. dual identity well, happening in medicine. Well, I was originally trained in emergency medicine, and I still practice that part-time. I still like it. It's still uh, where I think medicine really works in Western medicine, because in acute care, you break your arm, you have a heart attack or stroke, it's where you need to go. And Mm -hmm. that's where it really works. But when I was doing it a few years in, I kind of realized that the system isn't working. I saw more and more people coming into the ER with multiple medical problems. The drug list they were taking was like 20 pills a day. And it kind of was like, wow, this is not a good system. This is not working for people. And my wife had some health issues, and she kind of led me down another path of alternative things I discovered. And when I really thought about it, the Western model doesn't work. It's not what I was taught in med school. It wasn't, it wasn't like nothing was working. Mm-hmm. People kept coming in sick and sicker. So I discovered functional medicine. And when I did that, it was like, oh, my God, like the light bulb went off. I felt such a connection to it, like this is my path in life. Because honestly, I did feel lost mm-hmm. in the ER. I'd go to the shift and I'd be like, God, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And it's such a, not a good feeling when you go through all that school and residency and you're like, oh, this isn't fitting good with my heart, you know? So when I went and got trained in functional medicine, then I was like, this is it. So to me, it's like when I go to the office, it's not like work, mm-hmm. you know? You, you and I, we've, we've had some <laughs> crazy cool conversations <laughs> and it's like... Like you're just talking to your best friend. It's, yeah. a, it's a really cool. It's interesting. And and we certainly had this conversation on Goop before and I've had it with other functional doctors, but functional medicine fascinates me in part because it's such a strange straddling. It's the best of healing and that doctor-patient relationship where you have that sometimes two-hour exam where you're actually talking to someone about your entire medical history, the things that happened to you as a child, whether you find joy in your life and your relationships, what your relationship might be to like spirituality or religion, all those things, all those other components of life that typically don't come into a normal doctor-patient relationship when it's like a 15-minute hurried exam. And then you guys pair it with sort of cutting edge technology and a curiosity about the best of what science can offer in terms of blueprints to people's health. So I think it's such a brilliant and obvious, but interesting combination of like this straddle of the future and the past. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's, I don't know how you can get more encompassing than in a functional medicine visit because we learn everything about you from, you know, the way you're born, Mm -hmm. were you breastfed? any toxin exposures, head injuries, you know, we talk about, you know, the deep parts of your life, like how you think, 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, medicine is always about the body. It's always about body, 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 symptom, symptom, symptom. Here's your pill, here's your pill, et cetera. And everyone goes into the same box. But in functional medicine, we're kind of looking at a broader picture of you. And, you know, what I've learned, even myself, I've learned in the past, you know, four or five years that when you really incorporate someone's mind and spirit into their healthcare, it's a huge issue. So that's why I ask people about their mind, like, are you negative? Mm-hmm. Are you someone who has a lot of negative self-chatter about yourself? Do you care what people think about you a lot? Do you add meaning to everything that happens to your life? Because the way people think will affect their health in a big way. Our, our thoughts have power. Our thoughts have energy. And this has been proven scientifically on the quantum level. We know that that's the, the case. So I want to know how the patient thinks about themselves. How do you see negative self-talk manifesting in physical symptoms? We know that people who are negative are more sick. Just they're, they're generally? Generally more sick. They're more, they die earlier. They're more prone to sickness and cancers and things because... When you think negatively, you're, that, that vibe you give off to yourself affects your cells. Like we know that energy given off by that is detrimental. So they've had studies done where, and the famous one is with water. Have you seen this? Oh, more yeah, than, the, the, um, MR, the MR, SMRO Emoto. Yeah, I think that's his Asaru name. Emoto. Where the, the positive energy was on the water and these beautiful crystals and the negative energy mm-hmm. on the water was looked under a microscope and it didn't look anything like and it. And rice, right? Like rice and water and they put love affirmations on one mm-hmm. and they talk horribly to the other that's and it gets right. moldy. And totally grows differently. Yeah. So there's proof right there. And if you're, how about you and then yourself and your cells? So you're going to manifest with lower vibration, mm-hmm. just poor cellular function. It's interesting, those studies, and I'd, I need to go back and look at them, but I know that people have tried to recreate them in the lab study or lab setting and they've been debunked and they've never been able to recreate them and et cetera. Or there's a lot of chatter about it. I think regardless of the outcome, it's such a beautiful experiment and intuitively it feels so right. It makes sense. Yeah. But it's interesting how people just desperately need to like put it in a controlled environment. Right. Like they can't just accept the gesture as. Right. yeah. Yeah. Not everything has to be proven to work. Everything has to be proven to work, which I feel like we all know in some level of our body is like a false, like we're sort of attached to this false, not a false system, but a system that is very black and white when I think our range of experiences would prove that life is about the gray matter. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that area where just anecdotally doing things sometimes works. Yeah. And the placebo effect is a huge issue too. I and mean, I think about that. You're taking yeah. a pill and people get better because they, th- they think they are. Exactly. So there you go. There's the mind-body connection. I think I'm getting better, and oh my God, I feel amazing. Yeah. And look, people have had tumors and cancer, and they say, you're, you're done in two months. You know, get your stuff in order. And they say, no, I'm going to meditate on my tumor, and I'm going to shrink that down. And they visualize the mass disappearing, and it does. There's no yeah. cancer anywhere. It's, 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 it's just the mind-body connection is what I feel is left out of medicine way too much. Totally. It's not taught to us in medical school. And that's what's sad. Yeah. And it's interesting too, how the placebo effect, and now there's tons of really interesting inform- information about it coming out of Harvard, like Ted Kapacek and that team about, and, and a, most drug companies can attest to the 
power of the placebo effect. It's a very high bar to beat. It's very powerful. And yet, culturally, we're taught to denigrate it and to feel embarrassed, like we're dupes. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, we, if it's placebo and it works, like how embarrassing for us. Right. We're fools, we're gullible. Instead of... Like, oh my of, God, that worked. Yeah, yeah, instead of flipping the script and saying, wow, look what I'm able to do with my exactly. own mind. So hopefully is that sort of the power of the placebo becomes more mainstream and the conversation around it changes. We see that as evidence of our own power right? and not evidence of our own gullibility. Perfect. Beautiful. But yeah, the, the, you know, we were talking earlier before we started about this, the mind and the body and how they're siloed and our personal chemistry is always treated differently than what's happening. And like, do you believe that the future of medicine is the, the combination of the two? Yeah, I think that's where, where it's headed. You know, listen, more and more people are waking up to that this conventional system is just not working for me. So more and more people are looking for alternative things, looking for functional medicine, acupuncture, looking for healers and shamans and all kinds of outside-the-box modalities that I think if you combine the two, it's going to really work. And people are taking healthcare in their own hands now, and they're saying, listen, you know, hey, they go to their doctor, hey, do you know a good acupuncturist? Uh, like yesterday, I had a patient in who was having fertility problems, and their fertility doctor referred them to an acupuncturist who is kind of dialed into that fertility thing. So I was like, that made me so happy. Look look at this. The system is starting to reach out to, I'll quote, alternative things mm-hmm. and healers and acupuncturists, other, other modalities that can really accentuate someone's health. Mm-hmm. So look, if you can get everyone on the same team, and if and I think physicians are starting to kind of open their mind more and more to, okay, let's try it, why not? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have an amazing healing community. Mm-hmm. What I think is so interesting too about things that are more alternative is that, and sort of one of the, the great arguments for it is that it's not going to be deleterious to your health. It might be incredibly additive and at worst it might not help right but it's such a low stakes game yeah that it's interesting i feel like the resistance is dying and people are becoming more like okay we can do these and complement i think the two together are so powerful in combination it's the best of science the best of western medicine and the best of what it means to heal so let's talk a little bit because I feel like we could go down this path forever, but about what you see in your practice. So just so just for context, like I've done tons of tests with you, food sensitivity, stool, mm-hmm. hormones, hormones, micronutrients, genetic, mm-hmm. which was so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that first, because I've done, I've had sort of my 23andMe profile looked at in terms of where I might have inability to absorb B or D, right. but you pointed out two genes to me that I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is me and this is my mother and me. One was the cholesterol gene. Apo, the ApoE gene. ApoE gene. And then the other was the COMPT gene. C-O-M-T. C-O-M-T, okay. Mm-hmm. COMPT. So let's talk about that one first because I thought, I think it's probably very common and it was revelatory for me. And I've since spoken to other women who know they have, who, are, who go to UCU, who um, know they have that gene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so 
Can you explain sort of how that gene manifests and its implications for depression? So the COMT gene is a methylation gene that it, it's the primary reason I look at that is for two, two things. I look at it for neurotransmitter metabolism and I look at it for estrogen metabolism. So people who have a defect in that gene are usually a little bit more cognitively sharper, faster, quicker, better thinkers, get more done kind of people because they have, they're not breaking down their neurotransmitters as fast as, as others are hanging around longer. Mm. So they have the benefit of that. However, when they get stressed out, your mind dumps out more neurotransmitters and then you kind of lose it. You lose your stuff quick. You, you just freak out. So that really resonates with a lot of people like, oh my God, that's how I am. Mm -hmm. So I look at that because if that gene is off, sometimes your ability to balance your neurotransmitters, sometimes your ability to metabolize can create some dysfunction psychologically. You'll see it with depression and anxiety, specifically sometimes OCD. And then there's a molecule in our body called SAMI, capital S, capital A, capital M, little e. This is a you can have a, at a compounding pharmacy make it for you that I've tried on many patients that is amazing for anxiety and depression because you don't make a lot of SAMI if you have a methylation defect with comp gene. So that's one of the treatments you can do. That's just, you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a drug. You can't, doesn't, no one makes any money off of it. So you don't even hear about it. Right. So I've seen that help a lot of patients. And then the other part of it for, for women and men too, with prostate cancer, but women, we look at breast cancer risk with this gene. When you, when you metabolize estrogen, it can go down three pathways. One pathway will protect your breast. One pathway is in the middle. One pathway can cause some, a harmful metabolite that could cause breast cancer. The methylation gene comped will methylate that bad guy that could hurt you. And when he methylates it, you're fine. It's neutralized. It's not going to hurt you anymore. But some people have a problem methylating that bad guy. And then your risk for cancer can go up. So we need to support that gene as much as we can with B vitamins, don't have mercury toxicity, don't have oxidative stress, have plenty of magnesium. And if you do that, you can follow their urine test and say, okay, look, we're, we're, we're protecting you now, it's working. Or I can push your body to make more of the, the, the breast cancer protector mm -hmm. instead of the bad guy. So that's why I like the birth control pill a lot. I mean, I've heard this before, but the birth control pill goes right down the bad path. Fake you know, equine produced estrogen goes down the bad path. So I want women to, to know, look, I get it. You're on the birth control pill. I try to get them off and do another modality like an IUD or something, but if they don't want to, then fine. Then I'm going to work on pushing your body away from that bad path and more toward the protective path. Mm. That's why. It's Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. To me has a soft side. Discover their new Acer bag collection in its pillowy pleats, satin finish, and crescent shape. Acer is the bag to carry for your 9 to 5 and the 5 to 9 plans that follow. Versatility, after all, is Tumi's signature. Shop the full Acer collection on Tumi.com or at a Tumi store near you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Important for me to know. Just a second, we're taking a quick break. After the ice cream cones have been licked, the seashells collected, and the hotel snack bars ransacked, family trips are really about creating moments you'll remember forever. 
This makes sense intuitively, but I started thinking more intentionally about how we create these kinds of moments after I read a book by Chip and Dan Heath called The Power of Moments. I later got to interview Chip about it here on the Goop podcast. When it comes to vacations, we all want memories we can hold on to long after the suitcases have been unpacked. Everyone's ideal vacation looks different, of course, but for my family of four, the perfect vacation is a bit of a grab bag, and I think this is true for a lot of other families too. And that's what makes Florida the ultimate family destination, both because there's a lot to do and because there are plenty of chances to create some unforgettable moments. Florida cities offer any combination of cool museums, fresh seafood, and miles upon miles of beaches for my toddler and six-year-old to let loose. And then there's Disney World. Heard of it? But ultimately, a destination that brings us together where we are not glued to our screens and not replying to emails makes my husband and me happy. And Max and Sam are pretty thrilled too. In other words, Florida is the kind of destination we start planning a return trip to during the flight home. To get more inspiration and tips for planning a family trip to Florida, head to visitflorida.com. Going into 2019, I decided to start drinking more water. My hydration issues were so infamous around the office that my secret Santa gave me an electronic water bottle that syncs up to an app on my phone to remind me to start drinking. I know, it doesn't get much goopier than that. Now, months in, this has turned into something of a competitive sport for me. I feel like I'm always drinking. The first time I had flow alkaline spring water was at our InGoop Health Summit in New York City this March, and it was a big hit. So if you're coming to InGoop Health in Los Angeles on May 18th, our water fridge will be stocked with Flow again, and I'll see you there. Flow has original alkaline water and then several organic flavor blends, like cucumber and mint, blackberry and hibiscus, and my favorite, in case you're curious, lemon ginger. They're made without the sugar, artificial sweeteners, calories, and GMOs that are unfortunately found in a lot of other grab-and-go options. Flow has more healthy minerals than most bottled waters, and it's naturally alkaline with a pH of 8.1, That means the minerals in flow, like magnesium, calcium, and potassium, come from the earth, not an artificial process. And what's also appealing about flow is that you can easily take the packs with you when you're on the go, or far from a good water source. And since we're working on being a plastic-free office, and I try to lead by example at home, I appreciate that flow is mostly sustainable paperboard packaging, and that their cap is plant-based. Also appreciated. If you sign up for a monthly Flow subscription, you'll save 10% on each order. Plus, shipping is always free. Head to flowhydration.com for 30% off your order or first month of subscription. Just type in promo code GOOP30 at checkout. That's flowhydration.com and use code GOOP30 for 30% off your order. Okay, back to my chat with Dr. Lekos. And then the cholesterol gene because I feel like we're in the midst of a, of a wave of all fat, or a lot of fat is good fat. Right, oh yeah. And I've always had, so as a child, I had really high cholesterol. My brother, my father, north of two, like 220, I was a skinny little kid. And at that point, we knew even less about cholesterol. So I was put on this incredibly restrictive diet, which was way harsh for a 12-year-old. <laughs> and then we discovered LDL and HDL, and everyone decided that I was fine. Mm. And I've sort of taken my eye off of it. But then you sort of brought my eye back, back. to it. And it's interesting because like your direction to me was so contrary. Essentially, you were like, you can never do 
bulletproof coffee. You cannot, yeah, yeah. yeah, like you have to be careful, which I haven't heard in a really long time. So can you sort of explain that gene? So the APOE gene is a cholesterol regulator gene, right? And it also helps predict your risk of Alzheimer's disease. That's the two reasons I look at it. So I've seen people come in, oh, I'm doing, you know, the bulletproof coffee, all the fat, I'm keto, I'm keto, all the fat, all the fat, and their cholesterol goes crazy. So that's the downside of it. So I'll look at their genetics and go, well, you can't handle that kind of fat. So that gene will tell me, yes, you can have the way your, your results are. Yeah, you can have tons of fat, not going to hurt your cholesterol. Or you need to stay in the middle there. Don't be too much. Don't be too low. Or in your case, I think was you better watch out. You don't need a lot of saturated fat. You're, you're, you genetically just can't handle it. Your cholesterol mm-hmm. could, could's the big word, could go up. Mm-hmm. Because these genes that we we look for, look, they're not like in stone, you're going to have a problem. It's suggestive of, because the genetic expression of those genes are influenced by our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Massive. So we think that gen- the genes that people have, maybe I've heard between 1 and 15% chance, up to 20 maybe being expressed in your lifetime. But if you eat great, you're positive, you exercise, you get plenty of sleep, you control your stress response those genes won't get expressed. They can stay turned off. Mm-hmm. Your genes are turned off and on all day long by what you're doing, how you're thinking, what you're eating, how stressed you are. So I tell people, don't worry, 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 but be smart about it mm-hmm. and follow these kind of guidelines. What other genes do you think are important to look at? And what do you think, what's most common? I look at mostly methylation genes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's other ones that I look at. Uh, 677 and 1298. Those are the other ones we look at because they will predict your risk of certain cancers and heart disease and brain disease. So I look at those more methylation for preventative longevity things. Mm -hmm. There's other, you know, like you said, 23andMe is huge. You can dive in vitamin D, B12 recirculation, all kinds of stuff. It can get really intricate. Mm -hmm. So I look for the things that are going to kind of affect you now and more longevity. I don't get all the into the Nitty gritty, too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it, when you're, if you're looking at people, and again, I like, I know that you do, you work with people who are very sick and sort of coach them back to health. Like you have more of an intensive program of really frequent and ongoing care where you're super dialed into what's going on and sort of marching them back towards the wellness mm-hmm. end of the spectrum. But for people like me who are typically, like I'm tinkering at this point, I'm optimizing, what do you recommend that most people take? I know I'm on many, I'm repairing my leaky gut mm-hmm. right now and I'm doing some other, what is that disgusting stuff that you make me drink? Glucosa. <laughs> <laughs> Mega mucosa, yeah, for leaky gut, right. Mega mucosa. But is it B, D, magnesium? What do you see most people deficient in? So if I, if someone wanted to pick some supplements to take to stay, try to stay healthy as they can, you know, I would say based on testing and what I've researched, everyone needs a really good multivitamin. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people with B to vitamin deficiencies. All of them are really, really low. Another thing with the birth control pill, I see a lot of that really suck your bees down a lot. Interesting. Yeah. So you want to, if you're on the pill, you want to be on a multi, a good multi-bee complex. Like a liposomal one or? Could do liposomal or activated B vitamin complexes. 
So beyond a good multivitamin, vitamin D is essential. Everyone has low vitamin D. You know, the range is 30 to 100. I like to get my patients 60 to 80. Mm -hmm. The anti-cancer effects of vitamin D are around 50, 55. So I want to get above that. I, everyone should be on D and the recommended dose I like is two, is usually 5,000 a day, 5,000 units, maybe two. Some people need 10 for a while, but it's good to get it checked and see. I love curcumin. If I could pick one supplement on the earth, it would be curcumin. It's anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, anti-parasitic, anti-viral, anti-fungal, helps your cholesterol improve, keeps the particle sizes nice and fluffy and big, which are safer for you. I like uh, fish oil. But not for me. But not for you. Because uh, that damn <laughs> cholesterol gene. Well, there's other reasons for you, but, you know, yeah. So a good fish oil is good. I like a product that will support the liver's detoxification pathway. I like a product called Liver GI Detox by Pure Encapsulations. Mm -hmm. That product will support the pathways to keep your liver detoxifying. The things that are going to get you sick in life are stress and toxins to me. Mm -hmm. So toxins, we have over 80,000 toxins in the United States, chemicals. Right. And our body holds about actually 500 or so in our tissue, in our fat. Mm-hmm. They found in random urine samples that there's more than seven different pesticides in our urine. We are, the burden on us is huge. And so our bodies aren't really built to, to take on that burden. So you got to really work on detoxifying yourself and lowering your burden. So as you remember, I could go, I go into detail with people about how to clean up your life, how to detoxify. So you want to watch what you put in your mouth and on your body. So we're talking about organic food, mm-hmm. clean water that's filtered. No plastic water bottles. Get rid of things in your house that have the word fragrance or perfume in the label because those are huge hormone disruptors and they're really toxic to you. Essential oils are safe, but work on cleaning up, you know, and people sleep with their phone by their head all the time. You know, you don't need to do that. Zapping you with, white, with you know, the EMF. So we're learning now EMF is causing cellular pollution in our bodies. So put it on airplane mode. You don't need to get text and phone calls while you're sleeping. So we work on a detoxifying you, providing liver support so you can detoxify what you are getting hit with. You know, uh, the things I tell patients, wake up in the morning, have a big glass of water, pinch of Himalayan sea salt, half a lemon. That gets the things flowing, get your liver detoxifying. Infrared saunas are amazing to detoxify yourself. You basically need to sweat, pee, and poop. That's mm-hmm. how you're going to clean up your body. You got to keep keep your bowels moving, make sure we get the person going every day or maybe once or twice a day, lots of water. My rule of thumb is take your body weight, divide it by two. That's how many ounces of water you need a day generally, more if you're an athlete. Yeah. So we got to keep things flushing, flushing, flushing. So the other part that can get you sick is the stress. Is stress. stress will get you. That's the number one thing I really, really hammer on. You know, if I said, you know, Elise, I want you to go out and give me a bucket of stress and bring it back to me. You can't do that. It doesn't exist. It's a perception. It's your reaction to life. It's a reaction to something that happened to you, an event, whatever. So I teach people how to work on their stress response, how to work on changing their mind, their reaction to stress, rewiring how you think. Because that response, you're, you're just raising your cortisol, and cortisol has many detrimental effects to our body. Mm-hmm. Depression, sleep problems memory problems, thyroid dysfunction, cardiovascular disease, diabetes goes up, your risk of diabetes goes up, gut dysfunction, reproductive dysfunction. So you got to get a handle on that and all those things I just mentioned. Yeah. That's so bad. 
Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. We're going to take a quick break. Spring cleaning is coming a little late to the Luna and Fismer household this year, but I'm very excited about it. I love a good Marie Kondo session, and a full cleanup feels particularly necessary after the season we've just had in Los Angeles. Yes, we had a season. Yes, it rained as much as I've ever seen here, which means two things. The wildflowers blooming right now are next level, and we've had a lot more indoor time than usual with our cats. Maybe your Achilles heel is pet dander, or maybe it's pollen, but if you've ever felt like it's impossible to really do a clean sweep at home, you should check out LG's line of AFA certified appliances. For the uninitiated, that's the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America, and LG came up with a suite of products that passes muster. There's the PuriCare 360 degree air purifier, There's the LG Styler that uses steam to help tackle everything from clothing to pillows and plush toys. And there's an entire lineup of front load and top load washers. For starters, here's why people like LG's air purifier. Pet dander, dust, pollen, all the usual suspects, virtually gone. The purifier uses a HEPA filter, which they found traps 99.97% of particles as small as 0.3 microns, which is very, very small. Meanwhile, the purifier pumps clean air around low-to-the-ground spaces where little kids tend to spend a lot of time, and it has a rotating fan that also propels clean air up as high as 24 feet. You can check out LG's air purifier and the rest of LG's asthma and allergy-friendly certified home appliances at lgusa.com backslash homefree. That's lgusa.com backslash homefree. And now, back to today's conversation. Have you read The Upside of Stress? No. Oh, you'll love this book, but it's exactly that. It's about how, you know, as you mentioned, stress is a nebulous concept, and it's it's ultimately in your reaction. And so the reframing of stress and thinking about it as challenge stress, you know, not, oh my God, I have to interview someone live, but wow, like I'm going to try to really rise to the occasion and shine, you know, but changing your body's response. Yeah absolutely impacts the amount of cortisol that you're dumping. And just the, it, it also talks about some of those incredibly powerful mindset studies that have been done. I don't know if you've heard about this one, but they took a group of housekeepers at a hotel and typically all women, and they split them into two groups. And obviously there was the placebo group who just sort of went around, went about their business. And the other group they talked to them about their their weight, and the women said, oh, I, I, I will always be this way. I can't exercise, et cetera. And so they took them, and they said, 
actually flipping mattresses, vacuuming, cleaning bathrooms, you are burning an abundance of calories. You are, are active all day. And the group who they worked with to shift their mindset started dropping weight. Wow. It was an incredible study <laughs> yeah, and really fascinating. So, um, and in this book, but it's true. It's true. It's like the, the, what happens I think in our society is it's like, don't be stressed. And that in and of itself is very stressful. Right. Cause you go through life and you're like, I'm stressed. And you're so stressed you, about getting stressed. Yeah. You're stressed about getting stressed. You're stressed about being stressed during your pregnancy, but there's no solution. And so, but the solution is actually in your response to stressful that's right. situations. That's as simple as that. Yeah. It's just getting people to practice changing the way they're responding because they're so used to the same old thing. They're stuck in these loops. Totally. Yeah. But into, instead to somehow find the opportunity in it, yeah. it shifts you into challenge stress mode, which can be very actually productive and healthy. That's great. Let's talk about food sensitivity tests because I know that they're confusing to people. You use the Alatest food sensitivity test. And mine, of course, it was interesting. It lit up in things that I abuse, like almonds, <laughs> kale, yeah. spinach. There were random, random things on there. And then it was like dairy. Just uh, clearly I cannot eat dairy. So, But you were saying that you look at it more for presence of leaky gut. So can you sort of explain how people should think about food tests? Yeah. So they're, to me, they're not a hundred percent. I don't think anyone thinks they are. They're, they're suggestive of. So when I see the test light up with certain foods, I know, okay, this person has a problem with that. So mm -hmm. let's, let's eliminate that from the diet because some people go, well, I eat cashews and I can't tolerate that. Why did, why did not light up that much? I'm like, well, okay, well, it's not a foolproof test. Just, we know from you that you need to avoid them. So what those tests are measuring usually is an immune marker called IgG. Mm -hmm. And this is in our immune system that is produced by our immune system, sorry. And what happens is in leaky gut is, this is true, in our, in our body we have about one cell thick layer between our gut above the cells and below that one layer is our bloodstream. So if you imagine like a row of bricks mortared together like a wall and the bricks are cells, nutrients are supposed to go through the top end of the brick, through the other end of the brick and into your bloodstream and off they go. Leaky gut is when the mortar holding their bricks together is gone. Mm. There's a big gap there now. So food particles get in, pesticides, herbicides, toxins, bacteria, everything gets through the gap into your bloodstream. Now your immune system is going bananas. Like that's not supposed to be here. What, what's that? That's, what, what the heck is that? And it makes these IgG and immune system markers against all these things. So when your immune system gets bombarded like this, it's going nuts. It's on high rev. And what happens is your risk of an autoimmune disease can develop because your immune system can get confused and start to look at you and go, Oh my God, that's foreign too. And it starts attacking yourself. Mm -hmm. Now you've got Hashimoto's thyroiditis, or you've got multiple sclerosis, or you got lupus or psoriasis, whatever. So that's the risk of, and that's why I do the test. Cause I want to know what, what you're sensitive to. Let's get rid of it. Let's plug the holes back in, put the mortar back in with products like you're taking and get rid of leaky gut. And I'll follow markers and make sure that things settle down. Cause we're learning now that you can actually pick up an autoimmune disease two, five, ten 10 years ahead of time. Mm. So let's not get there. Mm -hmm. And when your immune system relaxes and calms down, you feel way better. Yeah. Way better. And it seems like your body then has the reserves to work on other more 
Yeah, not more important, but other, look more productive. Correct. Yeah. You're just like expending energy for nothing. Right. So let's talk about autoimmune disease. How, how much autoimmune are you seeing in your practice? And is there, like, what, what do you do? What's the, how do, Yeah, I see a fair amount of autoimmunity. And I see a lot of autoimmune spectrum, we call mm-hmm. it. That's what I'm talking about where, oh, your ANA is positive which is indicative of something your body's kind of looking at yourself, but you don't have a full-blown autoimmune disease yet. That's what I mean. I'm catching you in that two to 10-year window where we got to do something or you're going to get one. Mm -hmm. That's all over the place. Mm -hmm. So autoimmunity is, you know, your immune system's attacking you. It thinks you're foreign, but you're not. And there's always a trigger, always. There's always like a virus I have going on, a chronic Epstein-Barr. I've got... I've got herpes simplex, I got, I've got, or I've got food sensitivities, or I've got a toxin. It doesn't matter. There's a, there's a trigger that started this whole ball rolling. Everyone has leaky gut who has autoimmune spectrum or, or autoimmunity. Everyone. So you have to fix the leaky gut, work on the triggers, and then you take the immune system, and you really got to calm that down. Like low-dose naltrexone, you can use curcumin, which are my two favorites, to really take that arm of the immune system and get it to like stay off of you. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can follow markers, and you'll see improvement. It's really, really cool. It works. So usually in conventional medicine, it's, oh, I'm sorry, you got lupus. That sucks for you. Here's your prednisone. See you later. Mm-hmm. You know? No. Right. Do you, with people with autoimmune, do you typically, is the goal to try to work them off of those drugs? Or That's right. Or if they're already there, is it too late? No. What about with something like MS, where if they develop more lesions, there are terrible repercussions? Like, how do you what what how do you thread that? Yeah, so you know, to me, all, all the autoimmune diseases are the same. They have the same general process going. So the approach is generally the same. Yeah, you can tweak things here and there, mm-hmm. but overall, it's the same approach to me. Mm-hmm. And. I will, yes, try to wean them off prednisone, wean them off methotrexate and these immune, heavy immune drugs. They don't, and I've, I've done it. It works. Mm-hmm. It's just a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably everyone can benefit regardless of how leaky their gut might be. Do you think everyone's gut is a little permeable? Yeah, everyone has a little bit. Yeah. Finding that. So what do you recommend? So to treat leaky gut, there's lots of options you can do. The easy things you can do are, are fish oil. You can do zinc. You can do bone broth. You can do collagen protein that's hydrolyzed. There's products out there by nutraceutical companies like Designs for Health called GI Revive. There's Mega Mucosa, which is one of my favorites. That's what I take. Right. So these are amazing ways to heal leaky gut. But remember, you have to get off of the triggers, which are the foods you're sensitive to. Because if you keep doing that, you're going to keep the the gaps still there. And so... So if you're doing it on your own, would you recommend like a three-week elimination diet? Yeah, you can do it. Exactly. You can do an elimination diet longer than that. The antibodies go away in about 28 days. So minimum of four weeks. I tell patients go four to six weeks. And the big five you want to get off of are eggs, gluten, corn, soy, and dairy. dairy. Yes. And what about, do you see a lot of patients with SSRIs and do you tra- try and transition them to sure. SAMI or does it depend on their, what's happening with them genetically? Yeah. So I'll, I'll look at, if they're on SSRIs, why are you depressed? Why are you anxious? Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's a subconscious struggle from some past thing that's happened to them. And so we have to work on that. And that's where you get into the spirituality things, the healers, and maybe the, the integrative therapy, breath work, you know, mushrooms, all that kind of stuff. There's all <laughs> kinds of things you can reach into to kind of heal that subconscious pain because 
they don't have an SSRI deficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, they have something else in there that's the subconscious is driving that anxiety or driving that depression. Well, yeah, I look for the obvious things medically, of course. Right. And we'll attack that. But I'm telling you, most of the time, it's not the case. Is your goal ultimately that patients within your practice see you and then need to see you very infrequently? Or what's like, what do you think is the appropriate, like, for someone who is well and trying to stay well, what's like the ideal patient-doctor relationship? Who's well and trying to stay well? Yeah. Well, I get, I get a lot of people come in and just say, hey, I feel pretty good. Can you check me out? And we'll dive in and do all the tests and, and talk and figure everything out and tweak things here and there. And then we can get them on a nice steady program. And they'll come in, you know, every quarter, every every six months, sometimes once a year. But it's all about teaching them the lifestyle modalities, teaching you how to work out, teaching you how to eat, teaching you how to intermittent fast, teaching you what supplements to take, teaching you how to think, teaching you how to meditate, Mm -hmm. teaching you how to detoxify your body. And when you can do all those things, you're good. Yeah. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be fine. And how, you know, we were also talking about this earlier, how unfortunately functional medicine is still inaccessible to a lot of people. There aren't that many functional medicine doctors Often they don't take insurance or work within a norm, like the normal medical industrial complex. So, but do you feel like it's a system? Obviously, there is some quarterbacking involved and lab work and all of that. But do you think that the power of functional medicine is also that so much of it can be done on your own? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's about educating yourself. You know, there's great docs out there doing podcasts. It's great docs giving lectures. You can read cool books. I mean, there's ways you can educate yourself to Mm -hmm. start learning what to do to yourself. Yeah. For sure. So take it into your own hands. Don't just be sick and just follow the system and take drugs. Start getting out there, learning about your disease, learning about what else I can do, what alternative things I can do, and go do them. Yeah. You said it already. Like, it's what's it going to hurt? Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing to lose. No, nothing to lose. You're just going to get better. Thanks for listening to my chat with Dr. Lekos. I'm really fascinated by the idea of gut health and its implications throughout our system and the easy things we can all do to ensure that it stays sound. You can learn more about Dr. Lekos's practice at biosfunctionalmedicine.com. Now, let's get to GP. She is going to do a quick round of Ask Me Anything before we wrap up. If you have a question you want GP to answer, hit us up at Goop on Instagram or Facebook. If you could only take one film or director's box set with you on an island forever, which or whom would it be? Asks Ambra. That's a great question. Maybe I would take Wes Anderson's box set and just fast forward through the parts that I'm on screen. But I love him and I love his films and I think they're um, deep and sweet and sentimental and specific and really funny. Thank you, GP. And that's it for today's episode. As you might know, I really like feedback. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, just tap subscribe and pass it along to a friend. Come back next Tuesday and Thursday for more and check out goop.com slash the podcast at any time.